Happy Easter. Or, as I like to say, happy Resurrection Day. Yeah? Or, happy, I've already eaten too much chocolate. How many people is that? Who's already eaten too much chocolate? Kids? Anybody going to own up? Who had chocolate for breakfast? Did you have chocolate for breakfast? Yes. Somebody had chocolate for breakfast. I did, but it was in a pan of chocolate. I don't think that counts, does it, really? That's a bit cheating. So, as Dave said... um, my name's Neil, and I'm uh, part of the team at Barnabas. Um, it's a homeless, Christian homeless charity. Uh, we've been established in Manchester for over 25 years now. Um, started by a couple called Peter and Beryl Green, who saw the need and went out and took out sandwiches and flasks of coffee and went and met the people on the streets. And the ministry has grown from there. Um, we had a bus 25 years ago, or 20 years ago, I think. Um, and now we have a building right in the heart of Manchester on Bloom Street. Um, it's called The Beacon. Um, it's a homeless drop-in centre. Well, it's homeless and vulnerable adults. So we serve nearly 500 people a month uh, through our doors, which is amazing and tragic all at the same time that we have this, this issue in our city. Um, and we don't want to have that issue in our city. Our dream is that we don't serve anybody through our doors in our city because we want to see the kingdom of heaven come and poverty eradicated, don't we? Yeah? So, this, what you've done today, is amazing. We will use every last piece of this. I can see down here. We do um, breakfast every day. We serve anywhere up to 90 breakfasts every uh, weekday morning, so I can see lots of cereal. That will go probably all this week when I get back there on Tuesday. Um, and we use, we use clothing, we use food, we give that away, we give it free. Um, to a lot of the guys you may have seen, if you've walked the streets of our city uh, for anything more than five minutes, probably around Piccadilly Gardens, you'll have met probably a big chunk of the guys that we serve, the guys and girls that we serve at Barnabas, um, most of whom are struggling with some form of addiction, mental health issue, most of whom are struggling with the fact that they don't know who they are and they don't know where they've come from and they don't know where they're going. So we come with hope. And this morning, I've been asked to talk about hope. And hope is our primary message as Christians, is it not? Isn't that what Easter is all about? It's the hope of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to show you a little video. This is some of the friends that we serve Um, at Barnabas. Just give you a little snapshot of the journey that some of our friends are on. Yes, we're serving 500 people a month, but out of that, some 70 of them get accommodation through what we do. That can be anything from an emergency bed to a long-term private tenancy where we help to pay their deposit. And so some of these guys are on this video, have been on that journey with us. So why don't you watch that, and then I'll share a little bit more. Basically, it was homeless because of breakdown of marriage, uh, fell out with friends, family and stuff like that. Uh, went to a dark place and just ended up on the street. I lost my job, relationship breakdown, full of mental health issue, separated from my wife and my children. I was homeless through um, my drug addiction and um, crime. I was in all sorts. I've been homeless due to faults of my own and faults with the benefit system. The fact that I can't keep in touch with my children because I don't want them knowing that I'm on the streets. It was difficult. It was it's mental as well. It wasn't good for my mental state. So. 
I was losing contact with family, my kids. Um, yeah, I was I was running, but um, eventually stopped running. He fed me, clothed me, helped me out, uh, got me accommodation. They've actually found me somewhere to live. I, I go and check it out tomorrow at 11 o'clock, Woodward Court. Yeah, they've been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Barnabas has helped me through um, having a, a mentor and a support network that I can um, connect with because people that, that, that know the school are like help me, do you know what I mean? And, and, and really strive me to go forward, do you know what I mean? Encourage me, so. Yeah, there's always death for me if I need any help. Daddy and mother, yeah, really helps me. We bond with my family and kids and all that, it's getting stronger and stronger, so I'll just keep all that up and eventually get my own place and then onwards and upwards, you know what I mean? So I get myself back into in, in order, get myself and my family together and, uh, and support charity as well. <laughs> Obviously I want to put back into Barnabas, so I'm actually going to be volunteering myself. I really don't want to go back to Scotland, but my, my future is that to get to see my kids that are in Scotland, but it's to go forward. So I wanted to show you that video because it ends with the question of what are your hopes for the future? Isn't it interesting? I, I, that was just a, an open question that I asked the guys when we made that video a few months ago, actually. And uh, the recurring theme was family. I want to go back to see my kids. I want to have family. I want to be with the people I love. Isn't that interesting? So today, I want to talk to you about hope, the central theme of Easter. Um, and I believe those of us who have the most hope have the most influence. I have hope for those guys. They, they do have hope in that video, but there's more and more people that I meet who don't have that hope. And if I don't have that hope for them, how can they move forward uh, in their lives? Well, so what do I mean by hope? So it's a word that gets banded around a lot, you know, so oh, I hope it doesn't rain later. I hope my team wins later. And you notice I was, I was neutral there. I didn't mention a specific team. Just keeping, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, which way am I going in the room? So we use it a lot. It gets, gets misused. You know, I hope I'm not sick when I have that third Easter egg for lunchtime. The ones who had Easter egg for breakfast down here. That isn't what I mean by hope. I think a biblical definition of hope, I've got two quotes here um, from a couple of people who really uh, influenced me, one from Bill Johnson and one from Steve Backland. I think they're good definitions of what I'm talking about of hope. It's a joyful anticipation of good. It's a confident expectation that good is coming. And Easter is all about the fact that God is good. Yeah, that famous scripture, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you and I so we can have eternal life. Jesus' death and resurrection means we can have hope that nothing else can shake. Um, I want to focus in a little bit of scripture on Romans 5 <clears throat> that talks where Paul's writing this letter in the Bible uh, to the church in Rome and he's focusing in on this message of peace and hope. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since now we've been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know, Jesus did it all. He did it all on the cross. He lived a life we couldn't live. He died a death we couldn't die. And he was resurrected as a first fruit of this new era of human history that he started. You know, whether you know Jesus today, whether you don't know him, whether you Maybe you think you've heard about him. Maybe you think he's a historic figure. I don't know. I don't know your journey, where you're at today. But I believe, and I know a lot of people in this room believe, that he died for you at just the right time, whether you know him or you don't know him this morning. He shows us the hope of the resurrection that's available to us all if we put our faith in him. And it's the confident assurance that good is coming. It's an eternal good and a good that comes direct from heaven. Uh, again, further on in Romans, Paul's still writing this letter. It's amazing what he's, the truth that he's bringing out. In Romans 8, he says, We're in this hope we were saved. The hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. There's a substance to this hope. It's not just a, a soft word. Or, oh, I'm hoping. Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope this, I hope that. It's a powerful truth that can take you to eternity with him and be safe with him. And what's linked with this hope? Well, I think we have to have faith. We have to have faith. And what is faith? Well, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. As Dave has already said this morning, what we believe is the Holy Spirit is in the room. We can't necessarily see him. Some of us can feel him. Maybe we can hear him at times. But he's in the room. But I have faith in that. I have confidence in that for what he's done. Yet we don't always see it. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says this. Now these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So we have faith. That confidence in what we do not yet see. We have hope. Good is coming. And what is that good? It's love. And who is love? It's God. Isn't that amazing? And one thing I want to just draw your attention to, that is the opposite of worry. Have you noticed that you, spend, you might spend a lot of time and energy worrying about stuff that never happens? But we can have hope and we can have faith that God is good and that you have eternity with him. We don't need to worry. Somebody once said to me that 90% of the things that we worry about never actually happen, which is just makes me smile, but at the time, when you're in it, it's not so funny, is it? So, the opposite of worry is faith, hope, 
and love. Those friends that we had on the video there, the, the guys that we serve at Barnabas, are immersed in life's problems and worries. And sometimes they can't see the way out and they choose what they think is a way out that actually traps them even more in addiction and other issues in their lives. So we want to bring hope. Hope that we are adopted sons and daughters to our Heavenly Father and that lasts for eternity. So we know who we are so we can be a representation of that to the guys that we meet. And it's an unseen reality that is real now. Christianity is not rules and regulations. It's not even doing a meeting. It's an internal transformation that takes place in our hearts that then comes out in our lives and makes a difference in the world around us. So that's our hope. Our hope is that internal reality. So you might say, well, that's all great, Neil. Yeah, you're working for Christian charity and you're doing all these things. That's wonderful. But how can you be so confident? How can you be so confident in this event that happened 2,000 years ago? What's the big deal? Well, it was interesting. I think, I think Dave posted this this week. There was even an article in the media in the Guardian newspaper about, well, was Jesus even real? Was he even a, a real person that walked this earth, let alone the Son of God and resurrected from the dead? Well, I believe he is and he was and he still is. Um, it's the best documented um, event in ancient history. We have accounts of the resurrected Jesus appearing to his disciples, appearing to groups of people at the same time, including women, which is a whole other tangent, but that is a radical thing to use the women's testimony in that culture at that time where that wasn't counted as valid, yet Jesus chose to appear to women. Interesting. I'll leave that apart, that one. Won't go there. He ate food. He conversed with people, yet he walked through walls. That's pretty amazing. But he wasn't a ghost. More than that, we've got 2,000 years of history that this one event has led to billions of people putting their faith and trust in Jesus as the Son of God and his promise of eternal life and the resurrection of the dead. In the Gospel of Matthew, he's recording how Jesus healed the sick, healed all those around him, all those around him who were sick. Isn't that amazing? And in recording it, he quotes a prophecy that was written hundreds of years before about Jesus by the prophet Isaiah. And he says, in his name, the nations will put their hope. One man in Galilee 2,000 years ago changes the whole of world history so that nations will put their hope in him. That's great, Neil, but yeah, great. But what? But so what? I think there's even more. It's not just history or evidence, even the presence of the church across the globe today. It's the very presence of the risen Jesus in our lives that gives us all hope. For me, personally, I met Jesus 23 years ago, February 1994. That's a scary long time ago. Um, I was at university in Loughborough. I was sitting in a meeting much like this. Um, there was a guy who was preaching. He was a Methodist preacher and an astrophysicist. It's pretty unique, that, isn't it? Um, and he was sharing about how you can have science in God. And I thought, no, you can't. You can't have science at this point in my life. I thought, you can't. No, you can't. Now, the irony of this is, I am not a scientist. I went to university to do shopping. Yes, I have a degree in retail management, which literally was shopping. Um, but I thought you can't have God and science. And this um, moment in history for me, Jesus met me. As this uh, unique person was sharing with us, 
his story and this truth. For the first time in my life, I realized Jesus wasn't just a historical figure in a dusty book, a boring old story. He walked into my life and started speaking to me. It was that moment where I knew I could put my trust in him. I knew he died for me, not just for the world or some other people, but for me. And that was amazing. And I've not looked back since. Yes, things have not always been easy. There are bumps in the road. We read that scripture earlier, you know, perseverance through suffering brings hope. Hope isn't a soft thing. Hope has got substance because of that. But if today you've never put your trust and hope in Jesus, then I want to encourage you, now is the time. You know, he may be speaking to you. Maybe you felt something while we were singing earlier when Dave asked us to put our hands out, put our hands on our heart. Maybe you felt something you've never felt before. Maybe a friend brought you today. Maybe you don't even know why you came. Maybe you've had a dream. Maybe there's a little voice nagging away at you going, you need to find out more about this Jesus. Well, I believe that is Jesus speaking to you. It's God working in your life. It's the resurrected Jesus through his Holy Spirit drawing you in. So today, he's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. Will you let him in? That's all you need to do is let him in. So here's the thing, you know, day in, day out, I, along with my team of volunteers and our team at Barnabas, we're dealing with people who have very little or no hope. And often I say to them, I have hope for you. I've got hope for you. No, you haven't. No, you haven't, Neil. Yeah, I have hope for you. And often I've got more hope for them than they have for themselves. And it's the same for each and every one of us. Jesus has more hope for you than you have for yourself. Often, maybe all the time. So I'd encourage you. It's the story. It's the message of Easter. It's the message of Christianity. Father God wants his kids back. It's the story of history. And that's you and I. Jesus suffered the cross, suffered all that pain and humiliation for you. That's how much you're worth. And he turned the whole world upside down in that moment 2,000 years ago. You know, we're told that in the garden when the world was first created and Adam and Eve were there, that Adam, in one act, brought sin and death into the world. Jesus, in one act, undid all of that. And he brought hope and restoration and reconciliation. Again, back in Romans 5, I just want to read you this. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong, so that was Adam, and got us all in this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right, Jesus, and got us out of it. More than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. One man said yes to God and put many in the right. That's the hope that we can have this Easter. Confident expectation that good is coming. It's the promise that Jesus gives us that when we confess him as Lord of our lives, we're saved from the evil of our lives and the world around us, and we can have eternal life. Hebrews 6.19 says this, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. So hope, it's not whooshy or, or woolly, it's got substance, it's 
a hope in Jesus, in their resurrection, and you can have that today forever. Isn't that amazing? You can have that forever. It's the message that we bring day in, day out to our friends at Barnabas who, who are living in some of the toughest situations that you can find yourself in in our city. And so what is our response to that and what is your response today? I'd encourage you. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, and love extravagantly. It's what we do every day. Every day I open that bo- the door at Barnabas, I have no idea who's going to walk in, what state they're going to be in, how they're going to be doing. But I trust God steadily in that situation. We bring hope unswervingly to those guys and we love them extravagantly. And you've helped us in that today with your gift this morning to love extravagantly on the guys who find themselves on the streets of Manchester. But I encourage you today, if you know Jesus, do those things. If you don't know Jesus, start exploring those things. But have a great Easter. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for doing all this for Barnabas and for the guys on the streets of Manchester. Have a wonderful Easter. Don't eat too much chocolate. Try not to. Have a great Easter. Thank you.